you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Remain standing for just a moment, if you would. We've got a great man of God getting ready to come and minister in this pulpit. But before he does, I just want to take a a few moments. How many are glad that we are a missions-minded church? There have been many in this congregation that have gone overseas to different countries to help propel the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, right now, Sister Kathy Wharf is in the country of Madagascar on an Apostolic Youth Corps mission trip that, by the way, that she received full funding for through the youth department. We're proud of her. We're believing for great reports, hearing great reports when she returns home. Of course, Pastor Dylan has traveled overseas. Brother Evan has traveled overseas. Aiden and I have had the opportunity, and Brother Gentry has been over more times than I care to count, and I am saying that because tomorrow he is leaving for 10 days to the country of Thailand, where they're going to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in the crusade, and we're believing that many thousands will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and many will be healed, many will be delivered. Many will be baptized in the name of Jesus. And I tell you this because we want to be a blessing to Brother Gentry as he goes on his trip. Now, these trips come with a great cost. There is a great cost monetarily, but there is also a great cost spiritually, emotionally, physically when you travel like this. And we want to give this church who has always been faithful in giving to missions We want to give you an opportunity to help support and help Brother Gentry with his trip to the country of Thailand. So there's going to be a a slide that's going to be put on the screen behind me. We have placed offering plates here in the front. If you want to give by cash or check, you can do so. If you want to give to this cause uh, by one of our electronic means, you can do that. But please make sure to uh, specify that is for Thailand, for the trip to Thailand. I know that God will richly bless you. How many have ever uh, helped support a person to go on a missions trip to a foreign country? Now, how many can raise your hand and say that I have not only received what I gave back, but in abundance of what I gave that I received back? You cannot outgive God. And you cannot put a price on a soul. 
and that we are believing that as you give, that God is going to richly bless you uh, abundantly. That is in good measure, like the scripture said, that is pressed down, shaken together. Somebody help me and running over. So please do your best to support. You can do that following service. Uh, give, make sure that you give and specify if you are giving by electronic means. We've got a great man of God that's coming to this pulpit to preach the word of the Lord. Would you put your hands together and help me welcome Brother Gentry Jordan as he comes to preach the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord. I thank you so much for uh, those kind words. You know, when your uncle says something like that about you, I'm just waiting to see what he needs me to do for him next week. Uh, no, but thank you very much. If you have your Bible, Jeremiah 6 and 16, I'll also be reading from 1 Peter 2, verse number 9. Jeremiah 6, 16, and verse 1 Peter 2 and 9. Thank you in advance so much for your faithfulness in uh, giving to the work of the kingdom. And just so you know, for those of you that might have been able to participate in that, um, any money that is left over that is in the abundance, we give that as an offering to the people that are on ground in Kaya, Uganda. So thank you very much. Just wanted you to know that. Jeremiah 6 and 16, 1 Peter 2 and 9. Someone shout amen. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein. That word way does not just mean a path, but it's a behavior or a lifestyle. 1 Peter 2 and 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to preach here for just a few moments today the culture of the church, the culture of the church. Why don't you lift up your hands with me all over this house, and let's ask God to speak to us. Jesus, I thank you right now, Lord, for your power and your presence that's in this room today. I thank you, mighty God, Lord, in advance for everything. God, that you want to do in this house. We give you all of the praise and the glory and the honor. And somebody shout in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. Let's put our hands together one more time and just give the Lord great praise. When I look at the culture of society, I see the fulfillment of Scripture coming to pass. Matthew 16 and 4 calls it, an adulterous generation. This is a generation and culture where um, boys can pretend to be girls and girls can pretend to be um, boys. It's a culture crying out, love who you want, how you want. It's, it's a culture that's just saying, do what you want to. It's an I generation, the way that I feel, what I want, what I like, my preference, my lifestyle, my emotions. And the truth of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, is that if the Bible means what it says, that it's not getting better. Come on, somebody. It's not getting any better, but as a matter of fact, the Bible only speaks of what is coming, that it's constantly 
evolving and changing. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the promise that God is coming back for his church. There's four base elements of culture, what you're taught, what you hear, what you see, and what you're surrounded by. Can I echo the words of songs sang in Sunday school? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Can I tell you today that what you're connected to makes a difference? Come on, somebody. What you're connected to makes a difference. That's why we do not have time to be connected to enemies of the kingdom of God. But rather, can I tell you that I'm thankful for brothers and sisters that are in this house that God is connecting us to to say, come on, one can put a thousand but two ten thousand. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for the church that God has connected me to. Culture is always changing and shifting and evolving. To hear my grandparents begin to talk about the culture of their day is almost unfathomable. Working for 25 cents an hour. I don't know about y'all, but I don't think I could swing that. Could you? Different things that would happen. Being able to fill your car up for $2.25. Can I hear an amen? Come on, I think yesterday I paid $110 to fill my truck up. Come on, somebody. But likewise, can I tell you that when I would begin to hear my great, or rather my grandfather, Jordan, begin to talk about when they were in revival in East Texas and they didn't have a baptistry, but they would walk down to the pond. And the interesting thing about this pond is it was so filled with all kinds of uh, oh, reptiles for you squeamish folks. And as they would begin to walk to the pond, they knew that if they did not baptize them there, that they couldn't baptize them anywhere. As they would say that they would literally begin to pray, saying, God, we bind this in the name of Jesus. As they would watch every one of those things go to the other side long enough for them to baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ. Every addict baptized. Come on, somebody. Every broken person baptized. And the thing that I recognize about this generation is that they did not try to find an excuse, but the culture of the church was, if there is a way, we're going to take advantage of it. Can I tell you that the culture of our church today needs to be to do what we can with where we are and with what we've got let me tell you something today that the church that God is desiring to come back for is a church that says, God, we'll do anything we have to do to see the harvest come to pass uh, in this generation. Come on, somebody. Uh, we'll do anything. We'll go anywhere. Whatever you are asking us to do, God, uh, we're going to go into the highways and the byways to see it come to pass. Uh, can I tell you today that I, I'm so concerned because it seems that the culture in many churches has changed to the point that they are unrecognizable. Prayer rooms have gone quiet. Altars have become abandoned. Worship services have become tamed. And the preached word has been, well, refined for your viewing pleasure. But can I tell you that that's not apostolic? Come on, somebody. But if you're really apostolic, that the prayer room still thunders in an uproarious prayer. 
Come on, somebody. If we're really apostolic, then the altar still burn with sacrifice, saying, not my will, but thine be done. Uh, worship is still demonstrative and wild unto the Lord. Uh, and the word is still preached unapologetically uh, and without compromise. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you uh, that that is our culture. Uh, and that's who God is calling us to be, uh, not to tame it down. Uh, but I want to tell you in this hour uh, that the only way for us to make it out the other side uh, is to be everything that God has called us to be. Oh, somebody put your hands together and shout unto the Lord. God is not calling us to tame down the identifying factors of the apostolic church. Uh, but your enemy is working overtime. That's why I would submit to you that now more than ever that God is calling us to be who he has called us to be. Listen to me tonight. What God is desiring of his people is not for us to put on a horse and pony show. Come on, somebody. What God is desiring of his people uh, is not for us to lock up every time that guests come into the house of God, but rather can I tell you uh, that the Bible talks about identifying factors of the church. Uh, can I tell you today uh, that I would to God that he would ignite in us uh, a burning desire uh, not to fit in with the status quo, uh, not to be like every other church in the community, for listen to me ladies and gentlemen we still have the power of the Holy Ghost that's living inside of us come on somebody your pastor was asked a question they said in a community where churches are shutting down how are you building he said well it's very simple we've got the power of the Holy Ghost hear me today we're not shutting down come on somebody we're not scaling it back, but could I tell you today uh, that the church is only moving forward uh, and the church is only moving ahead. Uh, come on, it's the church triumphant and full of glory. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 told us of what was coming. This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. Come on, somebody. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blaspheme. They would be disobedient, unthankful, and unholy. My God, if that's not where we are, I, I'm not sure what is. Without natural affection. Come on, somebody. I don't even think I really need to go there, do I? Truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, despisers of those that are good, traitors, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where we are today. Uh, but it also gave us the answer to overcoming it all. In verse 5 it said, from such turn away. Come on, someone shout turn away. Uh, come on, it's time to turn away from everything that goes against our apostolic culture. It's time to turn away from everything that goes against our identity. Turn away from the things that keep you bound. Turn away from the things that are compromising. Come on, somebody. The only thing that we're to turn to is the Word of God and the love of God and the things of God. 
Hear me today, somebody. God is calling you to be a radical apostolic. God is calling you to pray your biggest prayer. God is calling you to worship unapologetically because it's who we are. Somebody shout, it's who I am. No, shout it like you mean it. It's who I am. Mark 7 shows us a clear depiction of where the world's culture stands in the church. When the Bible says that then came together unto him being Jesus the Pharisees, as they saw some of his disciples eating bread with defiled hands. And the Bible would say for the Pharisees and all of the Jews, except they wash their hands often, eat not holding the traditions of elders. Now let me say, number one, please wash your hands before you eat. Can I get an amen from somebody? But you, you see what the scripture was talking about was not cleanliness, but rather the culture of society. Uh, just begin to see what they said. For they said, and when they come in from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things which there be, which they have received to hold as the washing of hands and cups and pots and vessels and tables. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? And he said, Unto them simply this, well, hath Isaiah prophesied, ye hypocrites, at it is written that the people honoreth me with the words that they speak, but their hearts are far from me. Here's what he was saying. You've learned how to talk the talk, but you've never learned how to walk the walk. Let me help somebody right now that God is not impressed with how apostolic we say we are. Come on, somebody. God is not apostolic. God is not impressed with how apostolic we look when we walk into the house of God. We used to say it like this, it's time to put up or shut up. Let me tell you today that it's time to just quit talking about it and it's time to be about it. That's what Jesus did when he looked at them and said, you should have known that I was about my father's business. Hear me today, somebody. Uh, we cannot be a hearer only, but we've got to be a doer of the word of God. Uh, listen to me. When you are apostolic uh, down to every fiber of your being, uh, it's not a Sunday thing. It's a daily thing. Come on, somebody. They don't have to ask us to be what God has called us to be uh, because out of the abundance of the heart uh, will the mouth begin to speak. The word of God would say, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hear me today. Uh, we've got to not only be what God has called us to be, uh, but we've got to begin to let it out uh, of everything that we do in our lives. Uh, hear me today, somebody, uh, whether anybody is watching or whether they aren't. Uh, we've got to be apostolic as much in private uh, as we are in public. Hear me, when nobody's there to hold our hand, they can't make you do anything. But there's got to be a love of God that lives within us that says, God, I'm not doing it because I have to. But God, I'm doing it because I get to. God, I get to serve you. I get to please you. Hear me today. Uh, the one question every person in this room should be asking yourself is simply this. Uh, how can I please God? 
hear me today, someone? Yes, I believe that God is judgment. Yes, he is a mighty man. But hear me today. He loves you so much that he robed himself in flesh, came to this earth and hung on a cross and died for you and I. Let me tell you the church that God is looking to come back for is not only a church that stands in the fear of him, which we should have the fear of God, but a church that loves him enough to say, God, even if you did not punish me, I love you enough to be true to you even when you're not around. Hear me, if the church is called to be the bride of Christ, then we've got to stop having affairs on our bride. Hear me today, somebody. We've got to stop having affairs on our bride if we are the bride of Christ and he is the groom. Hear me today, someone. He's looking for a bride that says, I love you enough to be faithful to you when nobody is asking me to be faithful. I love you enough to spend time with you outside of a designated Sunday and Wednesday service. I love you so much that I'm going to do things that you did not ask me me to do. Hear me, my wife does not have to ask me to pick up after myself. I know my mother's shocked by that. When the trash needs taken out, sometimes I just get up and I take it out. When the yard needs cut, well, I just get up and I cut it. Unless I'm not home, then my grandfather cuts it. Thank you. But here's the deal about it. Somebody would say, well, why have you not been asking? Because we have to have a love language that says, God, I'm not just going to do what you have required of me, not just my reasonable service, but I want to do something for you that is above and beyond. When the word begins to talk about him, he says he is a father, a good father, bringing good gifts. Let me tell you what that means is that God desires to give you something that is so supernatural, so incredible. Nothing that you could pay for, nothing that you could purchase, but rather something that he could purchase because that's how much he loves you. Hear me, likewise, can I tell you today that that's why I believe in giving God things that are above and beyond just what is required. Required. Uh, God, if you want an hour of my day when I get up, God, then I'm going to give you an hour of my day. But hear me, it's not just about what we owe God. It's not our tithing. But this is about our offering. This is about giving God something that goes beyond just simply what he has required of us. Hear me today. The power is not only in your tithing because what I believe, if I could just try to draw this, um, I guess I would call it a is that tithing rebukes the devourer. It's what gives God back what is due him. But offering is where the real blessing comes from because it's not just what is due God, but this is something that I want to give you out of what you have given me, Lord. Hear me, the same is true in our life. We're not just trying to tithe God back what we owe him through the way that we live our life. But hear me today, uh, God is looking for a people that would say, Lord, uh, I'm going to bring the offering of my life to you. Now understand this, uh, that sometimes God is looking for people uh, to say, God, I know that you did not ask me uh, to wake up at 5 a.m. and pray, but God, I want to give you something, uh, Lord, that's even beyond. God, you did not ask me, uh, Lord, to go on a three-day fast, but God, I know, Lord, that I love you so much and I want to go beyond just what you've simply required of me. Hear me today church, if we want to be an assembly that walks in the abundance of the overflow of the mercies of God then we've got to be 
a church that does not look for a way out. We've got to look for a way in. We don't need to say, well, do we really have to? It's not about have to. Hear me today, church. It's about a get to. Here's what the word of God would say. Jesus now continues to speak to them. He says, how be it in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, do you hold to the traditions of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other things such as ye do. And he said unto them, while you full well reject the commandments of God that you may keep well your own tradition here's what he was saying Uh, you've let go of the word of God and held on to the word of people Uh, you've let go to the traditions uh, that I laid for you in the book Uh, as you begin to cleave to every tradition uh, of society you're more concerned uh, with being happy than being saved you're just looking uh, for the bare minimum that you can do but this is what he said uh, making the word of God of none effect uh, through your own tradition or somebody shout culture which ye have delivered and many such things that you do. Hear me today church when you put the word of God in your own culture in your own box you take away the effect and the power of the word that it can have in your life. Hear me today somebody that culture cannot affect the word of God. I don't care what they say we can do. We've got to be obedient to the word of God. Hear me today, it's time that the word of God affects the culture of society and affects the culture of the church. Listen to me, we cannot line up his word with our culture, but we've got to line up our culture with the word of God. Hear me, in this generation of cancel culture, This isn't anything that's brand new, but rather can I tell you that it's been going on for a long time. People have always tried to cancel out what God wanted to do in this hour. But hear me today, we would get further if we would not ask God to do what we want. Hear me right now, what true faith is, is not simply saying, God, I believe that you will do this for me. But rather what true faith is is saying, God, I believe that whatever you choose to do for me is the greatest thing that I need. Hear me right now, somebody. We've got to get to a point in God where we walk in the trust of the Lord to say, God, yes, I believe that we will lay hands on the sick and you're going to heal them. But God, as much as I believe that, God, I believe that you are working out everything to the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Acts chapter 6, it said, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And there arose certain people of the synagogues, uh, Libertines and Cyrenians and um, Alexandrians and all of these different people. And as you begin to see who they were and what they practiced, they were the free-spirited in the 
individuals and all of the ones that they were connected to. Hear what they did. They instigated people. They stirred people up. They set up false witness against them. And then in verse 14 it says, For we have heard him say that this Jesus shall destroy this um, place and shall change the customs uh, that Moses delivered us. Uh, here's what he was saying. He's saying that there's somebody that's here uh, that is preaching what's outside of our comfort zone, uh, that is preaching something that makes us uncomfortable, telling us that we have to change uh, and telling us that we're not okay uh, the way that we are. Hear me today, someone. Uh, I thank God every time the word of God steps on my toes. Come on, somebody. I thank God every time he sends me a word that challenges me and changes me and shapes me and molds me in his image. Uh, hear me right now. He loves us so he chastises us. Here's what I want to tell you right now. Uh, we have to embrace even the words that make us uncomfortable. We've got to embrace the things that God wants to do within us uh, that challenges us to be different uh, than the way that we've been to before. Uh, and here's what the word of God said as they bore witness against him uh, and all that sat in that council looked upon him uh, and saw his face uh, as it had been the face of an angel. Uh, hear me today, someone, when you stand in the truth of God, uh, they don't come against you, they come against the Lord himself. Uh, hear me today, someone, uh, for anyone that's in this house that's afraid to go back to your job uh, and be everything that God has called you to be. Uh, their fight is not with you. Their fight is with God. Uh, to every young person that walks through the halls uh, as you're afraid to be an apostolic uh, in your identity, let me tell you, uh, you've got more authority in your pinky finger than the devil has over you. Hear me today, somebody. Uh, when we begin to stand in truth uh, of the word of God, uh, the Lord will send an angel to fight on your behalf. Uh, here's what I want to tell you. Uh, you show me a church that is unapologetically uh, apostolic, uh, that believes in the culture of the spirit, uh, then here's what I'm going to show you. Uh, I'm going to show you a church that God will fight for. Uh, I'm going to show you a church uh, that God will fight on your behalf. Uh, every attack of the enemy that comes against you, uh, hear me right now somebody, uh, when they came against him. Uh, the Bible said they looked at him but did not see him. Uh, they saw the angel of God. Uh, let me tell you what was happening. God was building up a hedge uh, for a people that would say I am uh, going to be everything uh, that God has called me to be. Uh, I'm not worried about the culture of society and politics uh, and all of this crazy stuff going on. Uh, the only thing that I'm concerned about uh, is the culture that God has set before me. Uh, Hear me today, somebody. Uh, it's time to let go of the carnal uh, and cleave to the spiritual. Uh, it's time to let go of all of the cares of this world uh, and begin to cleave to the cares of the kingdom. Uh, hear me today, someone. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, uh, but rather can I tell you today uh, that what I am challenging somebody in this room to do uh, is to begin to let go uh, of every kind of paradigm that society has tried to put the church in uh, and understand this. Uh, you're not the odd one they are. Hear me and let me tell you why that's true. Uh, because people were created uh, in the image of God. Uh, he's a holy God. That's why we're a holy people. 
He's a sanctified God. That's why we're a sanctified people. Uh, hear me. He desires such uh, that would worship him in spirit uh, and in truth. Uh, let me tell you what the weird thing is. Uh, the weird thing is not uh, being what God has called you to be. Uh, hear me right now. We don't need to be afraid uh, of what they say about us and what they post about. Hear me right now. Every time I get on Facebook and Instagram, I see all of these crazy pages. I won't name any of them, but surely you'll know what I'm talking about that love to take one little thing said in a church, spin it completely out of context, and then say that we are abusing people. Hear me right now. There ain't anybody trying to abuse anyone. Let me tell you that the word of God is supposed to change us and challenge us. The only thing that we're coming against is every plot of the enemy in your life that's trying to bind up your family, that's trying to discourage you from your apostolic identity. Hear me right now, somebody. They want to talk about us. Let's give them something to talk about. Hear me right now. We're not going to back down. We're not going to sit down. But rather, let me tell you, God's looking for a people to stand up. God's looking for somebody to get on the front lines of spiritual warfare and say, let me tell you, devil, I'm not afraid of every plot. Hear me right now. The revival that God is going to bring in this hour is going to come from a people that do not bow to the gods of culture young people be everything that God's called you to be uh, because you've got the protection of the Lord upon you hear me there is a world and a society that is trying to affirm a lie in your young people hear me right now I'm talking about they let people wear these deals over their heads that look like animals because they identify as cats my great-grandfather would say that's hogwash. Let me tell you something right now. The only thing that you are is everything that God said that you were. Uh, let me tell you what he called you, uh, a holy people, uh, a peculiar people, a holy nation, uh, a city set upon a hill. Uh, let me tell you, you go back to your school. Uh, let your light shine into the darkness. Uh, for the word of God would say that the light shined in uh, and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. Uh, let me tell you, uh, you've got the authority to be what God's called you to be. And let me tell you something, mom and dad, uh, so do you. The culture of the church is not to put the job of revival on young people. And please understand this. I'm thankful for young people that are passionate about the things of the kingdom, aren't you? Amen. Let's put our hands together and thank God for that. I'm very thankful for it. But hear me, all throughout scriptural times, the children would be brought up to be what their father was. If there was a son that was his father, like Jesus, born as a carpenter's son, he grew up and his physical job was that of a carpenter because the child will always be the mere reflection of what their parents are. But hear me right now, someone, that because of that, what God is looking for is a group of adults to lead the charge and say, hear me, you're not going to be the only ones trying to win the people that you're connected to. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. 
I'm not getting on to you. I'm trying to challenge you right now uh, that if we want young people to be brought up uh, to obey apostolic culture, uh, then we've got to show them what apostolic culture is. I can look back all the way back to when we first came back to Frankfurt. My dad would take me by Eaton Hill, and we'd just dance right back and forth here. And because of that, my whole life, worship has been important to me because it's not just what I do, but rather it's who I am. And I look back and I ask myself and many other people that have said, why is it that you're so passionate about praising God and you shout and you dance and you do these things? Let me tell you why. Because I look back and this is what I understand because I had parents that tried to breed a culture of identity into me. And the identity was not someone that just comes in and does the status quo, but rather the identity was somebody that would come in and say, God, uh, this is my time to worship you. This is my time to praise you. Hear me right now. There is power when a family leads a charge uh, and leads by example and says, come on, uh, we're going to teach you how to dance. Uh, we're going to teach you how to shout. We're going to teach you how to pray. Uh, hear me right now, young people. One of the most powerful things you could do would just be get around some elders that know how to pray and just sit there and spend hours praying and listening to them pray. Hear me, I look back listening to Sister Percival. Anybody know who I'm talking about tonight? Listen, some of y'all don't even know who she was. She lived to be at least 180. And one day when I asked her, I said, Sister Percival, how do you get this old? She said, well, it's very simple. Stay away from doctors and don't take any kind of medication. So here I am living proof that it will at least get you to 29. But I look back at watching Sister Percival and she would pray. My great-grandfather, Bishop Price, he would pray. Sister Fishback, as she would pray. Many elders that are even in this room right now, as I look back at prayer services, and they would pray loud, and man, they lift up their hands and they'd get passionate and bold. And there was sometimes I would just like, okay, why is it that they're being so um, boastful? the way that they're praying and let me tell you what it was they were trying to teach us and this is what I understand that the best way to learn is by example that we've got to have more than a textbook knowledge of who we are hear me what we need is a real experience we need on-the-job training hands-on this is how we do it this is why we do it this is who we are Come on, is there a mom and dad that would lead by example this morning and say this is who we are? Come on, somebody. Hear me right now. There's always been some things about the apostolic church that has been identifying attributes. We're apostolic in doctrine. Someone shout amen. We're apostolic in experience. Shout amen. And we're apostolic in action. Someone shout amen. Our doctrine is our core set of beliefs. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some should depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Hear me right now. That's where we are. We live in a generation that wants us to walk away from identifying factors of the apostolic church. Uh, they're okay if we say God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, but they're not okay when we say he wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. 
Hear me, it's seducing spirits that come in and they try to water everything down. But hear me right now, we still believe in apostolic doctrine. We still believe in the oneness of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy might and all thy strength. Uh, James 2 and 9 says this, Thou believest there is one God uh, and you do good, but even the devils believe uh, and they do tremble. Uh, hear me right now. The oneness of God uh, is the power that the church has. A few weeks ago I was in Georgia preaching. We went out to eat and a group of guys came up. I won't say who they are, but they had name tags that said elder. Let the Lord lead you. They came up and said, excuse me, could we tell you about the true gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, you're going to say that to me. I mean, I, that's, that's like being out fishing and a fish sitting right here to the side. And I said, well, please do tell me what you mean by the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And they begin to go through and they say all kinds of different things. And at the end, so we have a lot in common. They said, yes, we do. And I said, but, but then if, if, if you really believe everything that you said, then you also believe when the word of God said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And they said, well, no, now we know that there is a triune God. And I said, well, please do explain. Well, they begin to walk through, and I begin to look at everything that they said. And I said, no, that's not what the Word of God says. But what would your take be when Jesus said, when you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Hear me right now. They got so frustrated because the spirit within them could not agree with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and finally, he got so frustrated. He said, listen, let's not argue over the petty things. He said, let's just agree that we have so much in common. And I looked at him and said, sir, if you don't believe in the oneness of God, then we don't have anything in common because everything in our doctrine points to a one God. Come on, I thank God that we are one God, apostolic Here's what they used to say, tongue-talking, holy-rolling, born-again believers in the power of Jesus' name. Hear me right now. That's who we are. That's who we are. And they said, well, how can you know that it's true? I said, have you ever laid hands on a sick person and watched them be healed? He said, no, I haven't. I said, then that's how I know that it's true. Uh, because you can call on every triune God, uh, but the word of God would say that at the mention of the name of Jesus, uh, every mountain will move, every demon will leave. Uh, come on, the darkness has to go. Uh, I said, I've seen the eyes open, the ears open, uh, the dead raised to life again. Uh, come on, somebody, because that's our culture, uh, and that is who we are. Hear me. We still believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, there's only one saving name given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, we still believe in the steps of salvation according to Acts chapter 2. Uh, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and unto your children, and unto all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Uh, that's why you've come too late to tell me that it's not applicable for the church today. That is our culture, and that is who we are. Someone said, how do you know that it's true? Let me tell you how. As I begin to pray today, I went back to the boy that Spencer and Dylan taught, and I pray as they would begin to teach, and I believe he went to the Baptist church here in town 
as they begin to tell them about the oneness of God, separation and baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They taught him week after week, and one day he came in and said, Guys, I finally understand it. There is one God, and his name is Jesus. They said, Come on, man, that's it. You're exactly accurate. He said, Then I know that I must be baptized in the name of Jesus. They said, Yes, you do. You know what? We can baptize you today. Some of you have heard this, maybe some of you haven't. And he looked at them and said, no, I think I want my pastor to baptize me. Well, they said, well, now you know your pastor is a um, Baptist individual and he might not want to. And he said, well, let me at least just go and ask him. And he went that Sunday and he met and he said, listen, um, I've had the revelation of the oneness of God. His pastor looked at this 13-year-old kid and said, oh, really, have you? He said, yes, I have. And he opened up the word of God and he showed him. He said, look right here. It says being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. He said, and Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. And the Baptist pastor tried everything he could do just simply to try to talk him out of it. But he said, no, sir, I know that I must be born again of the water. He said, would you baptize me in the name of Jesus? And he said, well, even though we know you don't have to, yes, I will. That Sunday he went into the service they had their church and everything and at the very end he said now guys we have something that's so cute this young individual has had this incredible uh, revelation that he must be baptized in the name of Jesus now we know that that's not accurate but he wants it and so we're going to do it anyway and so these people gathered around but let me tell you something about the name of Jesus when you call on the name of Jesus it doesn't matter what you're surrounded by Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter what's going on all around you. The name of Jesus will shine into every dark situation. This pastor took him over there and said, Okay, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And he dunked him. And you know what happened when the boy came out? The Holy Ghost moved in that church. He threw up his hands and started speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave him the utterance. Hear me. That place went crazy. They said, my God, what is happening? It was so crazy that they ran the Baptist pastor out. One of them asked him, they said, sir, why did this happen? Uh, He said, the only thing I can figure out is the word of God said that when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He said, we thought that that dispensation is over, but apparently it's still happening. God's still doing it today Uh, that's our culture Uh, that's who we are hear me because we're apostolic in experience being not hearers of the word only but be doers everyone must experience the doctrine for themselves hear me right now Uh, John 3 and 5 verily verily I say unto you uh, except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit uh, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God The most beautiful conversion I think I've ever seen was in the UK when an Islamic individual showed up to service. And man, we were preaching and praying. And he came up and he looked at me and he said, Sir, I've heard everything that you've said, but I just don't believe in this Holy Ghost. He said, I serve Allah. He said, I know that you've come preaching about Jesus. He said, I just don't know if it's true. I said, well, let me ask you, would you be willing just to try? And he said, well, I guess I could. Because you see, the word of God says this, oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Hear me right now. That's why every person in this room, 
at least try it one time. Come on, somebody. At least try it one time. This man came down to the front and he lifted up his hands. He did not know his head from a hole in the ground. He lifted up his hand, never been in an apostolic church, and he began to pray. He said, oh, dear God of the universe, if you're out there and if you really hear me, I'm asking you, if these men are not false prophets, I'm asking you to fill me with the Holy Ghost right now. Hear me, that little line right there could have stopped everything up. But when you really have the truth of the oneness of God, you're not afraid of questions. You're not afraid of challenges. Come on, it's like Elijah when he began to say, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Our God is still answering by the Holy Ghost and fire. He said, if you are really there, fill me with the Holy Ghost. And he opens up his eyes. He said, I prayed it. Now what? I said, just begin to worship God. And he threw his hands in the air again. He said, I love you, God. I worship you, God. I'm at my. And all of a sudden, he started speaking in other tongues. As the Spirit gave him the utterance, we baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. That's who we are. Come on, somebody shout it. It's who we are. It's who we are. And he looked at me afterwards and he said, Brother, I've never felt what I feel right now. He said, I've always worshipped my God out of fear. He said, but I feel the love of God reaching into my heart, uh, telling me that not only should I fear him, uh, but that he loves me. I said, he loved you so much uh, that he died on a cross for you. Hear me, when I followed up on him a long time after, uh, he was still serving God. Uh, he was still filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, that's who we are. Because we are apostolic in action. And if they won't come here, we'll take it to the highways and byways. <laughs> Hear me, we believe in the action of our prayer that we speak and things begin to happen. James 5 and 5, James 5 and 15 says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. Mark 16 and 18 says, They, being believers, shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Let me tell you something about the power of the Holy Ghost in apostolic culture. We pray and we mean it. We speak it and we really believe that we lay hands on people with cancer and God will raise them up again. Come on, somebody. We'll lay hands on people with every form of disease and God's able to restore them and renew them and make them whole. Do you believe it in the house? Well, that was five of you. Do you believe it in the house? All right. I was preaching a year ago to Brother uh, and Bane in, in New Whiteland, Indiana. It was a husband and wife. They'd been trying to get pregnant for 10 years. And I felt the witness of the Holy Ghost beginning to speak over me as I looked at them on one service. And I said, listen to me. Do you really want a child? They said, yes, we do. I said, do you believe that God will heal you tonight? They said, yes, we do. I said, okay, but I'm going to lay hands on you. And I'm going to pray and God's going to give you a baby. I laid my hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak a miracle child that is coming in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they looked at me and said, brother, do you believe it? What should we do? I said, listen to me. If you're really expecting something to happen, then you've got to go and prepare everything that is needed to receive the miracle that God wants to give you. Back in January when we found out that we were having a baby, we started buying things. And when I say buying things, y'all don't even want to know. Nobody told me this junk was expensive. Who pays $75 for a baby outfit for them to throw up on? Literally. 
we start buying things, getting things, controllers, purses, decorators, and, and all sorts of things. Somebody would say, well, if this was any other miracle that we were expecting, why are you doing this when the miracle has not come yet? Because when you are expecting something to happen, you begin to prepare the room to receive what God wants to bring you. Hear me right now. So I told him, I said, if you really believe that God is bringing it, I said, then go home, prepare the room, buy the cradle, do whatever you've got to, begin to prepare things. He said, okay, we will. For the last 12 months, here they were, painting, decorating, buying things. It's been a year. Do you know their parents would come over and visit and they would walk in and say, what are you doing? The Lord's going to decorate the room. And he said, God is giving us a child. On one occasion, one of the parents looked at them and said, listen, it's been 10 years and the miracle has not happened yet. Do you really think that God is going to bring this child to? Why, why are you hurting yourself? And they would look at their parents every time and say, because God has given us a promise and we're still hanging on to it. A month and a half ago, I walked in to preach. And as I walked in there, she looked at me and said, hey, we have a surprise. I said, what is it? And she had on this jacket and a tombstone on it. And she said, it's this. And I read it, and it said, ice, ice, and it had an arrow through the front. Some of you carnal folks know what I'm talking about right now. I said, what does that even mean? And she said, well, ice, ice, baby. And I said, oh, that's funny. And she said, no, we're having a baby. Listen to me right now. We believe in prayer and action that we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hear me right now. God's able to open up every locked door, open up every womb that hasn't been able to conceive. Hear me right now. This is who we are. For greater is he that is in you. Come on, somebody. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hear me, because the Holy Ghost is still alive and active in this world. Friday night of Texas camp meeting, I was walking through an altar. There's a man standing over here, and the Spirit told me to lay hands on him and pray. And I looked at him, and I said, can I pray over you? He said, yes. And he lifted up his hands, and I put my hand upon him, and I just began to speak. I didn't even know what we were praying over. And I prayed over him, and I felt something happen, and I kept on moving, and I, I was praying over people. And all of a sudden, the man ran up to me, and he grabbed me, and he said, Brother Fenton, you came and you laid hands on me and a miracle has happened. He said, seven years ago, I had an illness that took all of my hearing out of its pristine. He said, and as you prayed for me, I said, God, if you're really in this, God, give me a sign right now. He said, all of a sudden, my ear popped. He said, hear me right now. I have full and restored hearing in my ear again. And hear me, we're not surprised by it because it's our culture and it's who we are. Last Thursday at camp meeting, and I'm coming to a close quickly. Last Thursday at camp, this girl came up to my wife and I, and she said, hey, you came and preached at our church last year, and you preached, uh, what was it, five nights, four nights? She said, and every night, she said, I sat there cold and indifferent. She said, but Sunday night, you came in, and I said, you know, God, I've been sitting here indifferent to what you wanted to do in this hour. She said, and I'm, she said I was so angry because I've had seven fertility treatments trying to conceive a child. She said that I just felt like that the hand of God was off of me. She said, but that last night, she said, you asked us to come out of our seats and to come and to lift our hands. She 
said, and so I came and I lifted both hands. He said, and I felt the Holy Ghost beginning to rush over me. He said, and your wife came over and laid her hands on me and began to pray. He said, and I felt something beginning to move on me. She said, I think maybe you came over and joined her. He said, and y'all laid your hands on me. She said, and I fell out speaking in tongues. She said, it was the first time I'd prayed through in a long time. She said, I just wanted to say thank you for your sensitivity. He said, oh my goodness, well, thank you so much. That's so kind. He said, do you have just a moment that you could come over here? I said, sure. And we started walking through the crowd, and she came over, and she reached down, and she picked up two babies and said, would you like to hold my twins? And she said, I've been trying to get pregnant seven fertility appointments. She said, the next week after we left, she said, we found out that we were having a baby. She said, and we were only asking God for one. She said, but here we are living in the abundance. Hear me right now. Jesus gave us a promise in Matthew 24 and 13. But he that endureth to the end, the saint shall be saved. Hear me, I've come today in the only way that I know how. Not to preach to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. To simply tell you this, that this is our culture. Come on somebody, this is our culture. This is who we are. This is who God has called us to be. And hear me, I want you to stand to your feet and lift up your hands right now. In the same fashion that God could shut the mouths of lions for Daniel, could kill giants for David, that same God is in this room today to resurrect a culture of demonstration in our churches. Hear me. I would submit to you today that many people in this room are solid in the doctrine, and I thank you. I commend you for that. But I need you to understand something about demonstration, that demonstration is doctrine coming alive. That's why we have to have the demonstration of the Spirit of God. And I want you to understand this right now. We have a culture of demonstration in this church that people that walk in sick, you're going to leave healed. We sang it earlier. If you walk in broken, you're going to leave put back together. Come on, somebody. This is our culture. This is who we are. And so right now, by the authority of the Word of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that every chain of bondage that's been put upon your faith would be broken right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every box that you put the Lord in, let it begin to crumble and fall right now. For whether you've been here for 40 years or four hours, I speak right now that there's culture coming alive in you. Maybe you've never been on board. This is your hour to get on board with what God wants to do in this church. Come on from the front to the back. I want everybody to move right now. Let's come out of our seats. Hear me as you're coming right now. Here's what I want to do. From the front to the back, I'm asking everybody to move, please. Thank you. Thank you. With every eye closed as you're coming, if you're in this room and you need a miracle, I just want you to throw a hand in the air. You need a miracle. All right. There's some people. There's one. There's two. You need a miracle. Throw that other hand in the air right now. You need a real miracle. Church, I want you to be sensitive. 
We're going to begin to practice our culture of demonstration right now. If that's you in this house, lift both hands in the air and shut your eyes. Lift both hands Lift both hands in the air and shut your eyes if you need a miracle. I want somebody to go and to lay hands on these right now. And I want us to begin to practice our culture right here. Come on, all over the room. Somebody move and lay hands on a neighbor. And Lord, right now, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak a miracle to begin to come to pass right now. I speak under the unction of the Spirit of God. Every financial situation to dissipate right now. Every cancer to begin to go. I speak a revival. Come on, somebody. Let the rushing mighty wind of the Spirit begin to move in this house right now. This is who we are. This is who we are. This is who we are. In the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody throw your hands in the air. Somebody begin to lift up your voice. Let God begin to work through you. Come on to our ministry team. Be sensitive right now. Come on, let the miracle begin to come to pass right now. Come on, every heart disease be healed. Every kidney disease be healed. Every issue with your respiratory system be healed and set free and delivered. 